Welcome to another episode of Career Library, the place where real people talk about real life careers. Now let me introduce to you your host in the red trunks weighing in at 220 pounds, the lean, mean, colorful commentator and intricate interviewer, the awesome and entrepreneurial Chris Hold the Phones, it's Jones. Welcome back again to another episode of Career Library. I'm your host, Chris Jones. And today we're going to be talking about the middle part of my career, uh, of my life. And so we're going to cover that. Well, I think the last time we left off uh, was at a convenience store up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I had just worked there and uh, was currently working there. And so that was uh, a Maristop convenience store there in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so while I was working there, um, I had some brake issues on my pickup truck and uh, ended up going down to the AutoZone down the street to get some parts and ended up changing the brakes on my truck in the parking lot of the Ameristop and uh, <clears throat> one day while I was at work. And so um, while I was there, the uh, manager approached me and he asked me uh, if I'd be interested in working for AutoZone. And I said, sure, sounds good. So um, he ended up conducting an interview. I didn't hear anything back for a couple weeks from them and I wasn't sure what the offer was. They were kind of vague on what they were going to pay and what it looked like and so they ended up offering me an assistant manager position in a brand new store um, in Ohio uh, just outside of Cincinnati and so I ended up uh, it was in Milford Ohio actually and so I uh, started out as the assistant manager for that store and uh, quit my job there at the uh, convenience store and got a lot more money than I was making there uh, at the uh, at the convenience store and so um, interesting thing about um, the auto parts industry and I worked for a couple of them as you'll find out here soon um, they don't really require you to have a knowledgeable background of mechanics uh, in order to work there you just basically need to know how to push buttons on a computer and find uh, inventory on the shelves in the back so uh, just keep that in mind when you stop by your AutoZone or your Pet Boys or any of those uh, types of companies uh, that is not a requirement or prerequisite at least it wasn't back then and I don't think it is now from talking to my guy um, but uh, yeah it's uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, so started working there. Learned a lot about cars while I was working there. Uh, mechanics got to see what parts uh, tend to fail often on cars and certain types of vehicles and who was better at uh, building engines and stuff like that. And so um, learned a lot there. And then uh, one of the interesting things at the uh, AutoZone was we had a cheer that we did uh, every morning in our morning meeting. They had the A-U-T-O-Z-O-N-E. And so you had to actually, you know, build the letters with your body. And uh, we all sang, that. what's that spell, AutoZone? Who's the best AutoZone? And, uh, yeah, so we did that silly, stupid cheer every morning. And so uh, I had to gather all the employees together to do that. And so... <laughs> Um, just an interesting thing there. Um, lots of, got to interact with a lot of people, learn a lot about the commercial uh, side of of the automotive business for those little repair shops and stuff like that. We delivered to them and got to meet a lot of those guys that own their own business and stuff and got to know them. And so very interesting while I was working there. And then while I was working there, we had a part-time gentleman that worked there in the evenings. And uh, he was an engineer for a, a company and he needed some extra money for Christmas time. So he came in at Christmas time and worked for us for a few hours in the evenings. And so um, through him, I ended up getting another job offer at a company called Sheffer Corporation in Ohio. And they made um, 
there in Blue Ash, Ohio, and they made hydraulic pneumatic cylinders and uh, sold them to uh, different companies uh, throughout the United States. And so uh, ended up interviewing with them, got hired on as an inside salesperson, and uh, didn't quit my job at AutoZone. Of course, I stepped down as uh, assistant manager, but uh, still worked there in the evenings and the weekends as much hours as they would give me along with working at Sheffer Corporation. I worked there from Monday through Friday, nine to, nine to five. And so, and then in the evenings I would go and work at AutoZone and on the weekends I'd work at AutoZone. And so um, at the Sheffer Corporation, uh, learned a lot about hydraulics and pneumatics, learned about cylinders, uh, pressures, that type of stuff. Um, talked to people all over the United States, all over the world um, from there, um, and it helped them decipher our coding on the uh, our serial numbers to find out what kind of cylinder they need, what did they need to replace, uh, whether it was a seal or that kind of stuff, or a cushing, or whether it was a piston, or whether it was the cylinder itself. And so, uh, helped discovering how the, how they leak and what the pressures and. Uh, we'd made little cylinders that went, you know, on small uh, machines all the way up to big hydraulic cylinders that um, shut uh, hi- uh, shut the um, uh, the fire doors on nuclear reactors. And so it was a very interesting job. Learned a lot there. Met a lot of interesting people uh, from around the world. And so while I was working there, I also uh, ended up getting. Um, uh, I had several days off at AutoZone, so I had like four days off a week because you weren't allowed to work that much part-time. So I ended up taking a job at Pep Boys, and so I worked for them on their sales floor. And so I was working three jobs at the same time. I did that for two years. I was working about 14 hours a day. I had no vacations. Uh, if I had a vacation at Sheffer, I would take and go and work at uh, Pep Boys and AutoZone as much as I could. Um, I didn't have any vacations through AutoZone or Pep Boys, and so I didn't have any time off there. But uh, I did that for two years, uh, working all three jobs, 14 hours a day, no vacations. Uh, the only days off of the year I had were Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, it began to take a toll on me and my wife and our kids, And uh, but we needed the money at the time, and so we were able to uh, pay off a lot of our debt that we had and uh, save up a little money. And then in the um, spring of 1998, um, we got uh, a pretty good sized tax return back that year. And uh, we, I was just kind of done with Ohio (laughs) and so was my wife. And so we decided to uh, make a change. And so I reached out to a couple of companies that I sold to across the United States um, from the Sheffer Corporation and asked them if they were hiring. And so two of my biggest customers, uh, both of them said yes. One was up in northern Indiana in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The other was in Houston, Texas. And so um, we decided one weekend uh, I took off from uh, Pep Boys and AutoZone and uh, went up to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. We went and looked at the place that was up there. And uh, it's just kind of flat, boring, and we knew that it was just going to be cold, gray, and icy. And we wanted to get away from the winters in Ohio. We were tired of, you know, scraping windshields and getting up an hour early to go to work and all that good stuff. And so we decided that uh, we really wanted to uh, pursue the opportunity in Houston. And so I did an interview with both companies. Both companies uh, offered me about the same pay. And so... um, we decided to uh, pursue uh, the one down in Houston, Texas. And so my wife and I, um, we uh, thought about it and and, uh, started the interview process and decided that that's the way that we wanted to go. And so we uh, began the interview process with uh, the company down called Southwestern Controls down in Houston, Texas. And so 
uh, interviews uh, just seemed to drag on. It was like a couple weeks, and then it was three weeks, and they kept getting back to me, and they asked me some more questions. And so I did what the logical thing was is, uh, you know, I told my wife, I said, well, we're just going to go ahead and move down there. I know if I'm down there, they're going to be the job. And so we had a huge large sale, yard sale over a couple weeks. Um, anything uh, that we didn't sell off that we needed and could fit in a U-Haul truck, we packed it in a U-Haul truck and then uh, we headed down to Houston, Texas. I didn't have a job guarantee at the time. I uh, had no promise of a job, but was confident that when I got there, I would be able to get this job. And so I uh, got here on a, uh, got here in Houston uh, on a Sunday morning, and we checked into a hotel. And then Monday morning, I gave the company a call, told them I'm here in Houston. I want to do an in-person interview to have some time for me uh, this week to do that. And that afternoon, they met with me, and they hired me uh, after that interview. And so I started working for them. I worked for them as an in-sales um sales uh, representative and was a sales rep with salary and commission and so after about three or four months of uh, doing my training and doing some selling I noticed that one day uh, there were some things happening uh, the owners were all in the uh, conference room and I saw you know people I heard people yelling and screaming and crying and uh, people storming out and you know, packing their stuff and leaving on uh, one of the uh, sales representatives there with me said, oh, no, I think they're doing layoffs again. And so I figured for sure I'm going to be gone. This is not, uh, you know, they aren't going to keep me around and because uh, I'm the newest employee at the time. And so inevitably the phone rang and they called me into the conference room. I went in there and I was like, OK, well, I'm going to have to look for something else. And so I went in there and they said, uh, Hey, Mr. Jones, we appreciate you. You know, um, unfortunately, your position's been eliminated, so we can no longer employ you at that position. And then they said my favorite word, and this is this has always been my favorite word, is however. So however means that, oh, there's a different opportunity. <laughs> and so they said, however, you did very well on your um, math aptitude testing uh, when you were hired on here. And so we want to uh, move you into our accounting department. We're going to give you a raise and uh, you'll have your own office. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll take that. And so uh, ended up moving to the second floor into the accounting department and I worked in accounts receivable. And so... Um, so started working there. Um, There's a couple of things that we had to do in accounts receivable. Of course, we had to collect the payments, process the payments that came into uh, into the office, along with my favorite thing is collections. No favorite things, not really. So I did collections. So I wasn't. Uh, I had been on the other side of the uh, the coin of collections. <laughs> most of my young adult life, I guess, uh, up until that point. Um, and so I was used to getting yelled at, screamed at, uh, you know, for my little credit card bills that I didn't pay and this, that, and the other. It wasn't financially savvy back then. Just looking back, that's pretty stupid. But, um, you know, uh, back in the olden days, they could call you 50, 50 times a day and, uh, we didn't have caller ID and all that stuff. So you would just get somebody screaming at you wanting the payment for their bill and this, that, and the other. And, and so, my job there at uh, Southwestern Controls was also to collect collect on bad debts. And so these weren't little debts. These were, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so um, that was very much of a challenge. And I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to call people, you know, and yell at them and try to collect payments? So um, ended up taking a different approach. Um, I started... Uh, calling on these past due debts, these high debts. Um, one company in particular brings back to brings back to mind, and this uh, company built amusement park rides. And so we had sold them a bunch of cylinders 
and uh, switches for a roller coaster that they were that they were building and they were past due this this account was i don't know it was so far past due it probably should have been put in collections a long time ago but i decided i'm going to try to uh get a hold of these people so what i learned uh right off the bat is there's a gatekeeper when you call to uh, collect on these debts to their accounting department to their payment department uh, the secretary well oh, well they're not in i can put you through through their voicemail or they're not in i'll take a message and call you back or they're not in they're on vacation da, 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 da. so there was always an excuse so you never got to talk to the person. So what I started doing is when I would call and talk to these secretaries, I would just start making chit chat. I'd, I'd call them. I'd be like, hey, I'm calling to speak to so-and-so. I know they're not in. Uh, that's no problem. Um, but, uh, you know, how's your day going today? You know, I'm just doing my job here. And so I just want to, you know, check you off the list. But how's your day going? I'd ask them about their, you know, if they had any pets, um, if they, you know, what they like to do for fun. And I would take notes of all of that. And so through that, I began to build relationships with the secretaries uh, that were, you know, uh, and the phone receptionist. And so um, I'd call back and they know who I was because I actually had a conversation with them. And so they started putting me through to the voicemails to the right people. And so I started getting phone calls back. And when uh, when they'd call, you know, call me back, um, I wasn't belligerent. I wasn't argumentative with them. I didn't yell at them. I mean, you know, my odds of collecting any of these debts I knew were slim to none. And so I just took an empathetic and um, a mature approach, I guess, instead of a childish approach. And so I would, you know, I'd be empathetic. Hey, I understand that your business is uh, struggling right now. You know, we're, we're struggling over here too. Um, we're just trying to, you know, find out how we can um, get some payments for for this. Anything would help us to, to uh, be able to to uh, continue to make our bills and I know that you guys are hurting and so by the way what happened why why uh, why why are you not able to make the bills what's going on with your company and so the one with the roller coaster the roller coaster in particular they were like hey we had the roller coaster sold to this amusement park the amusement park went out of business so we got stuck with this fully built ready to go roller coaster and uh, we have no buyer and so I said, well, do you have anybody lined up to buy it? And they were like, yeah, we've got a company in China um, that is interested in buying it. And then we got another company in Europe that's interested in buying it. And I said, well, how, how soon do you think you would know before you, uh, before you um, got it and uh, got the sale? And he said, well, you know, we're hoping that in the next, you know, month or so we'll know something more solid from these companies. And I said, okay. I said, do you guys do anything else? And he's like, oh, yeah, we make amusement park rides. We've got all kinds of different things that we do. And I said, well, how's that side of the business going? Are you guys doing okay on that side? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that one's going gangbusters. We're doing really well there. And I said, well, do you think it would be possible to allocate some of that money that you're making there because you're profitable on that side of the business um, and, and help us out? We're just a small, you know, business um, and you know, we were really struggling financially, which we weren't, but, um, you know, just playing the game. And so, Hey, you know, could you help us out with a, you know, a few bucks here and there until, uh, until, you know, you're able to sell this roller coaster. He said, well, yeah, I guess we could. Um, I have to check and 
find out and I'll get back to you. And honestly, I didn't think he would actually get back to me. He was just being nice. And so it was a couple of weeks later, he actually got back to me and we worked out a payment plan. Uh, it was very small, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there. And so I uh, worked out a payment plan, but eventually they did sell the roller coaster and we did get full payment for uh, the products that we had sold them. And so um, that was a interesting. I learned a lot from that, um, how to get through gatekeepers, how to get to the individual, the decision maker. And that's something that uh, in sales that I've learned over the years is you've got to get to the person that's making the decision, whether you're dealing with a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, sister, um, a company, whatever the case is, you've got to get to the decision maker uh, because you're just wasting your time if you're talking to somebody that can't make the decision so uh, or has no control over the decision maker. So you need to uh, find out who's making the decisions on the finances and who's going to make the purchases or pay for whatever it is that you're trying to sell. And so at Southwest Controls, I, I met a lot of great folks there. They're a great company, um, family-owned and operated, uh, small small company, but uh, do a, a bang-up business and do a great job. And so they help out their customers, and they really do love their customers. And so uh, worked the account receivable there for several years um, with Southwestern Controls. And um, during that time while I was there, I, uh, I began to do some, I guess, self-discovery, wanting to uh, soul searching, I guess you would say, trying to figure out what the uh, the meaning of life is, you know, uh, began to ask those questions in my life as most uh, middle-aged uh, young adults uh, begin to do is, hey, you know, what's the point of doing all this, you know, working and making a living and is there a higher purpose? Is there an afterlife? Those kinds of questions. And so I ended up uh, in a church uh, in uh, Alvin, Texas, and the, the pastor there, the first time I went to church, he was actually explaining one of the Old Testament books, and he did it in such detail uh, and such clarity and simplification that I was really hooked on listening to him. And, um, you know, it was he was uh, able to explain the Bible so that it was, you could understand it. And so that was the first time I'd ever done that. I'd grown up in church when I was a kid, but you know, none of it really made sense to me. But this guy seemed to be able to put the, the cookies, as he said, on the bottom shelf so that the little ones can eat. And so, and he wasn't, he wasn't up there begging for money. I'd been in the churches in the past, you know, kind of explored that route where they were, you know, begging for money. Oh, you need to, you need to help us out. You need to do this and that and the other, but it wasn't that kind of atmosphere. And so I really liked it. And so my family and I began to uh, attend there and uh, I was there. I ended up uh, uh, attending the Bible college. I had a Bible college there in the evenings, and I was just intrigued on the Bible, and and I began to, uh, you know, find a passion for helping out others and uh, helping people. And so uh, through the uh, the Bible studies and the uh, church and the programs, we were heavily involved in the, in that church. Uh, helped a lot of folks out. And so we pretty much attended every function that they had. And so we got real involved in the church. And this was during the time I was with Southwestern Controls. And so during that time, I um, decided that uh, my family and I would uh, go and serve as missionaries uh, in the Republic of Ireland. And so um, I'm going to stop there for this episode because I don't want to carry it on too long because I don't want to get into uh, the decisions that I made uh after this point. So I'm going to stop here and pick up again and uh, go into a little more detail on the missionary experience and then my current 
uh, career experiences that I'm involved in now. And so I hope you'll join me next time on Career Library as I share with you uh, my missionary journey and my second trip back to Ohio. Um, Until then, this is Chris Jones signing off. I hope that you will join me on my mission to build a real career library. Please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our podcasts. For laptop in a zoom meeting, making money is my backdrop. Ballpoint base hit harder than a slap shot. Fruit, I'm a baby told around me like I'm Epcot. Whoa, whoa, I've been doing road on the go, go. Get a bag and flip it, that's for sure. If it's show, show, that was never talking about me. Turn it down and go get you some money. Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick. I got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep on thumbing it. Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick. Money busting up the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter. I can keep on thumbing it. Eyes on the money, my brothers got my back. Streets moving funny, so I been holding strap. Not playing defense, we been on the attack. Plotting the scheme and how we gon' get it back. Designer all on you, but you can't buy the swag. No mirrors, those foo foo, I can see the tag. You can bet if I spend in this, cause I get it back. I'm Fiji, a dollar, I can see the lag. All I ever wanted was to have it all. Got close, never froze, had to risk it all. As a little boy, I wish I was a little tall. Never made the league, I find other ways to let me ball. Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick. I got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep on coming in. Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick. I got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep on coming in.